1: Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. We are doing the second patio show of the summer. It's, I think, 81 degrees out on the patio. The uh, dogs are looking into Junior. It's going to be titled Manual Labor Friday, Elijah, because there's a hole to my left that... uh, junior his dog it's not for me it's not for uh his pops but it's for a backyard project that is supposed to be complete here pretty soon i am betting that the big 10 will announce a schedule for college football before he gets done with his backyard project are you taking that bet or not that's a bold bet
2: um, because i remember my middle school years that's what turned me from a boy to a man is the the backyard project with my dad
1: (laughs) <laughs> and if I know one thing, if there's a big hole in the ground, it's going to take a lot longer than you expect. Uh-huh. He uh, he is out here with chemicals and uh, flags. And now, to his credit, he has not wasted water today, i.e. he has not showered. So, yeah, he is getting help from his uh, his fur babies. We are loaded up. Plenty to talk today with Hale City. You're welcome to join us, 466 3776 466-377-6800, 825-586, five numbers to get in. Find us on Twitter, at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, or uh, for sure, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal, and uh, email chris at com. On the show today, Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey going to be with us. Excited to talk with him about uh, the Nebraska defensive line. Coach Tuioti, was with the network last night, kind of outlining what the uh, the outlook is for the big red defensive front. Uh, we will get into the uh, Cleveland.com poll and uh, where Nebraska comes in. Yay or nay, Elijah, lose the wind chime. I hate that thing. It's my wives. I mean, you can it's hear noisy. it in the background. It's it, distracting.
2: It makes it sound like a patio show in, in my book. Um, so it's
1: good ambiance. It's not the worst. Okay. Carson, leave it. Jr. is ready to take a (laughs) broom handle, that thing, piñata style. Uh, We'll also get into uh, the letter from the Big Ten commissioner, Commissioner Warren, and uh, that will kind of kick us off. Uh, Derek Peterson in 15 minutes, the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, coming up a little bit after 5 o'clock. Parker Gabriel going to be with us from the Lincoln Journal-Star, and uh, you are welcome to join in. Before we get into some Big Ten thoughts and the commissioner's response, uh elijah talk to me here you were wrestling perhaps karate in the garage you have hurt yourself what happened yeah so uh it was jujitsu which i've been telling you were all... telling me wednesday you were going to get into a jujitsu contest
2: yeah um so i've been telling my friends it's wrestling because i don't want to get into all like the oh, it's jujitsu i don't want to be that guy um <laughs> so it was a wrestling accident
1: <laughs> where so you are wrestling with other dudes
2: yeah pretty much and okay. uh, I would say jujitsu. Yeah that that could also that could also be a good term. Anyway, uh, I was g- going in for a takedown, and like this dude was good, and uh, so I couldn't take him down. But he kind of like reset, and then took me down, and all his weight, and then all my weight landed back on my on my back left shoulder, and I, I felt it pop. And then the guy I was wrestling even felt it pop. And
1: uh, yeah, so you're talking that you are you are going to be playing hurt with a separated shoulder potentially. Uh, I'm gonna be board
2: hopping hurt with a separated shoulder for sure. Uh, I'm not sure about the playing aspect. Uh, I currently
1: can't get my left arm above my head. So, so, you're a big dude, mm-hmm. and you've played football. Is the other guy like you know a polar bear? I mean, talk to me here. Who 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 harmed you?
2: Yeah, that's the embarrassing thing. The dude is probably like five nine one sixty. Uh yeah, so he had a lower center of gravity than me, and he just
1: kind of got under me, I'm sure, is the problem just there. at least tell me he was like a state wrestling champ or something. Um, he's been doing jujitsu for a long time. Ah, so he's just experienced.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm a white belt, and I'm pretty sure he's whatever the next level is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, he might be two up.
1: Have you seen the episode with Seinfeld where Kramer wins the karate competition? I have not, no. Google that this weekend and watch the Seinfeld episode with Kramer and karate. Okay, I'll find the episode number right now. <laughs> well, the reason you do it is that's that's your competition next time, my friend. Against you? No, no. Someone much younger. Let's get into some Big Ten thoughts and uh, Commissioner Warren. So it wasn't long ago, Bill Moose talked to the Journal Star just yesterday, and the the feeling was this, that Nebraska and the Big Ten – still had some things to get knocked out before it released its conference-only schedule to the public. And the thought is kind of like this, palms in the air, where's the schedule? Uh, you're up, Big Ten. The SEC is going to a 10-game conference schedule. The Pac-12 has released their schedule. We'll get to that a little bit later. And you have the uh, the Big 12 still kind of, uh, looking at things, they have said we are going to start week zero. That's August 29th. So everyone's making declarations, and Bill Moose is kind of like, you know, we're we're a little frustrated here. Give us an an update. Give us a timeline here as to you know when when fall camp can start, right? I mean, August 7th is the scheduled start date for Nebraska and every other team. That's scheduled to get rocking here September fifth. If you want to open up against Purdue, so Nebraska is kind of a TBA right now with uh, when they are going to kick the season off. The the Big Ten is a TBA right now, and there's even some language in this letter that says, you know what, we we may not play football, and and the letter is addressed to all the athletic directors. And there are several paragraphs here. First and foremost, they spend plenty of time here on health and safety and its importance here. There's timing, and really, the, the, the world is on the COVID-19 shot clock because things are, are, are changing every day. Ohio has now had record number outbreaks. You have parts of Kentucky. It's, it's more moving Uh, into the Midwest, not that it's vacated California or not that it's vacated Florida or not that it's vacated other regions of the country, but uh, timing and medical expertise are also going to be leaned upon heavily. Uh, You have uh, the the czar of UNMC that's a part of this that has co-signed this letter to Big Ten athletic directors with Commissioner Warren. So there is conference-wide protocols. That needs to be released to the uh, Big Ten Conference Medical Policies and Protocols. That'll be released during the week of August 3rd. So Monday, that needs to happen. Those protocols are being finalized by the task force and significant uh, advisement from uh, this committee. Those policies and protocols will include medical standardized testing requirements. So here's the other thing. Uh, is everybody on the same playing field, a level playing field, with the ability to get tests and be able to carry out the protocols? Not everyone's got a UNMC, for example. With what Nebraska has, you have Indiana that has continued their their walkthrough slash uh, you know summer workouts. Indiana has stopped their pause button. Okay, they are now hitting play, which is good. But I tell you what, Elijah, you have Michigan State and Rutgers that have really put a, a kink into things, in my opinion. And the Big Ten is is pausing for them. And it is going to be even worse, potentially, all around college campuses. And Gary Barnett talked to us about this yesterday. Once kids get back to campus, you're likely going to see a, a surge. Are you going to be able to keep players away from or safe from the student body that they want to be kids and, and they may or may not adhere to uh, the policies, uh, wearing masks, the hygiene, or just being asymptomatic. I mean, there's there's a potential spike on every college campus coming with in-person classes that happen the second week of August. I think that's the big thing. Are, are campuses able to test at the same rate uh, that the highest campus and college in the big 10 can test that is, is everyone able to test and on the same page where guys and gals and, are, and athletes are getting tested every day or every two days or whatever the protocol that needs to be finalized before you get a schedule out i get that but there's been time you just don't know where everyone's at and there's there's concern because of Michigan State or Rutgers. My take is this, and I think Nebraska is a little different than maybe some of those in the Big Ten. Nebraska wants to know, when can we start hitting one another? And when can we move forward to play football and prepare? Please tell us. We've been waiting. While the rest of the Big Ten and some of those in the Big Ten are like, look, man, this is a pandemic. This is bigger than football. There are concerns. There is liability. There is liability. We're going to be patient and we don't need to make a decision until we have to. That's the the route and the take the Big Ten is moving forward. So I think you've got Nebraska, while they'll adhere to the Big Ten, Nebraska's on a different page, in my opinion, than the Big Ten. And that's okay for Nebraska to be on a on a different page. They want to move forward with football and they've handled things at a pretty high level uh, when it comes to, to COVID testing and being able to take care of their student athletes. So this is not long after you have the moose interview with the journal star immediately you have a hold your horses letter by the commissioner of the big 10 both uh the university and and the, the commissioner it didn't look like elijah they were on the same page
2: yeah and i think we're seeing now uh that the big 10 should have a month ago said hey we need to find a date and it's the last date where you can decide whether or not we can play football whether it's I mean, it should have been August 1st in my book. We should have had a date where all the teams had to say, yes, we're in for the season, or no, we're not in for the season. Now, because we're just in a a wait-and-see pattern, the Big Ten's waiting, well, can Rutgers play football? Can Michigan State play football? We don't know, so we can't make a schedule until we know. And the problem is, is the longer we wait, the more and more teams that could potentially get an outbreak going before the season even starts, throwing more and more wrenches into the Big Ten's plan to release the schedule. So I think that's where the big problem is: is these teams have got to decide whether or not they're going to go forward with football this year, and if they aren't, they need to get out now.
1: Well, here's the thing: you don't want to you don't want to cancel too soon either. I mean, you just don't. You, I don't think you we're have at a... time, and if you need to push the season back from August fifth, when it, or excuse me, the seventh from from a training camp, padding up, hitting one another standpoint to, uh, let's say you, you start on the 17th of August. All right. Let's see see if safe all camp starts then. And then you kind of follow suit with the SEC and the Pac-12 where they're starting football September 26th. You don't want to look uncaring or in a rush if you're the Big Ten because they're all about perception, man. They are are about football and athletics, but they are also about uh, academia and cheese and wine. And they... uh, they they liken themselves a little bit more to a to an Ivy League, and a research dominant uh, group of folks, and they are man they they are so smart with their academic uh, majors and what they do from a research standpoint they're they're phenomenal. It's a great academic conference to be a part of, but they don't want to be out in front. I don't think of the Pac-12 or the SEC when it comes to kicking off. They're hitting pause on this. And uh, it's going to give them some time here to reassess. I think Nebraska's frustrated because they want to start hitting people. And Nebraska's in a different spot because of what their team is, where their team's at, and they didn't have spring ball. And they're one of the the many programs that really needed spring football to help from a development standpoint. So uh, the line in this letter to the Big Ten athletic director's scheduling for fall sports remains fluid. And uh, you know what? The league plans to make a decision whether to begin preseason on time in the next five days. So it's been pushed back to next week. It, quite honestly, they are still deciding whether or not to move forward with the season. That's kind of how they read this as well. They're pushing back. They're being patient. They're dotting their I's. They're crossing their T's. They're trying to get uniform protocol great, but when push comes to shove, they are going to be very cautious with this, and uh, they may, if again, was used in this letter, if we have a season. We may not have a season. So today's day was supposed to be a move for the Big Ten, and they're not ready to jump in the pool yet. I understand that from a liability standpoint and a caution. Nebraska is uh, wanting to, to move forward and, and and smash some people. They want to pad up and See how it goes. I think if you get into camp, you're going to have a better chance to know how your kids are going to be able to interact with one another and if there's an outbreak or a spread of this thing because of contact via football. That's one thing you'll find out if you get fall camp going here by the 7th of August opposed to waiting till the 17th.
2: Yeah, and just it's it's reaching the point where these guys have got to start getting ready because, I mean – the, the planned start date is still September 5th. I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's going to get moved back. But we're at a point where we're a month out pretty much from that start date. Mm-hmm. Th- these players need to start getting ready. They just need to start hitting people. They need. I mean, football shape is different than off-season shape. It is. Being in shape in the summer workouts is a lot different than being in shape by the time week one rolls around. So I, I, I'm problem, feeling for though, the players. As
1: much as like Michigan State and, and Rutgers is holding things up you can't expect them to be part of your schedule if they can't go to work because they're in quarantine. <laughs> I mean, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a catch 22 right now. Uh, Hale varsity radio. It's a patio edition. Casa de Schmidt. We're here uh, in the backyard on a Friday. Uh, Going to run down Derek Peterson on Hale varsity here in just a moment. Bill Dolman coming up. Parker Gabriel. We will uh, figure out just how much backyard work Jr. gets done as he's digging a hole for a backyard project. Hale Varsity continues. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
0: Yes! That's awesome!
1: Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. couple of news and notes to pass along. You're going to have a campus site versus Vegas for the Pac-12 championship game. That announcement coming down. Let's talk some college football and some NBA as we welcome in with HaleVarsity.com and magazine Derek Peterson at Dr. PDHV on Twitter. Derek, what's up, man? How you doing?
3: I'm good. You know your audience. You said NBA. You got got Grizzlies on the TV right now. I just flipped it on.
1: Did you? All right, we're uh, we're doing a patio show. I should have invited you over uh, to sit That's on. That's what I was told. In person, what I just said
3: slacking on the job over here. Just got your oh, uh, your feet kicked up on a table somewhere, chilling back with a beer in hand.
1: No, no beer, but I am watching my kid dig a foot deep hole. <laughs> 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 He's got a backyard project. His mother will treat him like a tackling dummy later. It's a kind of family we know, Derek. And uh, if he doesn't get you, to you work. Know. So his dogs right now are staring at him and, and helping as in getting in the way. So that's that's what's shaking. <laughs> Listen, the, the temperature it's sunshine, I mean, it's Ferris Bueller, right? I mean, how could I possibly go to school? To, uh, seriously, I mean, the studio is awesome. I love being there. But let's, let's just do a little uh, on-the-road show. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, I want to start off with uh, some football in, in Nebraska. Your takeaways with Coach Tuioti last night as he was on the, the network and he kind of rattled off the, the defensive line. Your leader is Stilly, but if you were to pick a guy who you're expecting the most production from, who would that be? Is it Stilly or is it somebody else?
3: Pick a guy. I'll, I'll say pick a guy outside of Stilly because Stilly is such a wild card to me because I've been expecting a, a kind of a breakout season from him where he really solidifies himself as like the guy on the defensive line for two years now, and it hasn't happened. That's not to say that it can't happen. I really like Vince mm-hmm. Um but you know, like one thing that we talked about, and one thing that's been evident <clears throat> from following Zach Duvall. Um, one thing that like Barrett Rude talked about with his linebackers, specifically Nick Henrich, one thing that Eric Shenander talked about is they're just bigger in the front seven. Um, and, I, I, and I, you know, Chuyoti had the, the comment that made the rounds on social media about not having enough weight in the weight room for Nash Hotmacher. Like they're recruiting bigger guys. They're doing it on the offensive line too. Um, but they're getting dudes bigger. If you look at the transformation just in one year of Ty Robinson, he showed up as a pretty big dude, as a guy that looked like a big ten in the trenches, kind of freshman, but <clears throat> the weight that he's moving now and just the the way that he looks from what little we've been able to see into the weight room, he's a guy that if they get like consistent production from him, if he's like in that top 4 rotation,
2: mm-hmm.
3: he could have a pretty significant season. Um, because if he's in that top four rotation, it means like everything is firing on all cylinders in his brain. It means that like he's got schematically what they 're doing he's got it down he knows it like the back of his hand he 's not making mistakes he 's just flying around in the football and physically he's he's a dude that looks like could could do some damage um, right away and not you know all conference level damage but a guy that could give them a legitimate pass rush off the edge, which is what they need. Um, so he, he's a guy that you probably earmark. Um, I think Tuioti talked about <clears throat> Tate Wilderman last night, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, it's good to hear about Tate. Uh, I think it'll be cool to see if like him and Casey Rogers and DeAndre Thomas, that kind of trio can can do something. Um, the other guy that you hope you get stuff from is Keen Green, just because of the the excitement that was around him when he got to campus last year when he when he committed to Nebraska and you know he, not to say he didn't really live up to it because you know like Matt Lubick said the other day on Sports Nightly, JUCO transfers are very hit and miss sometimes it takes time and sometimes it doesn't and it took time for him uh, but if they can get something out of him I think that'll really help them on the interior because you know I think it still remains to be seen whether Damian Daniels can go. Play the kind of role that his brother Darian played, um, because to this point he's been a four, five, six play guy, and then get him out and get him some rest.
1: Derek Peterson's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. We're talking Nebraska defensive front. So I, I got to ask you on that rotation: A, do you think you'll you'll see some more four man mixed in, just because it looks like and it sounds like they've got some depth? And B. Uh, When it comes to to Daniels, when it comes to Damien, when it comes to snacks, what's holding him back? Is it just stamina? Is it playbook? Or is it just kind of embracing that, man, you're the dude, and you got to be the full-time dude because he's shown some flashes. There's so much unknown. You've had different guys, and you wrote about this on com. There's been a lot of guys that have played a lot of games there's very few that have started a lot of games and it really kind of comes down to Dr. Petey that these guys were big but they need to get like Big Ten big And, and they've been able to do that now can they can they go some of them learn on the fly and you'll you'll take your lumps with some lack of experience but there's also some like some talent there too I mean there's no reason they can't go perform with with snacks what, what has been his biggest Achilles heel?
3: Um, last year, it was that his brother was here. is <laughs> I mean, he, he got picked up by an NFL team. He's an NFL kind of um, nose tackle. So he, he was going to take the lion's share of the reps from Damian anyway. Um, but, you know, just the fact that his nickname is Snacks and, and Coach Tuioti is um, very open about <clears throat> just from a, a conditioning standpoint, he's not in a place where he can he can play 70 snaps a game. He's not in a place, or at least hasn't been in a place so far in his career where he can play, you know, an entire series, give you an entire series. He's a guy that <clears throat> the motor runs hot for four plays and then got to come out and, and give him a break. And um, he's a big dude. I don't know how much of that you're gonna change. I think that's why they you know, like Nash Huttmacher. That's why they like King Green as a guy that can flex both inside and outside. That's why they like Ty Robinson's ability to flex inside so that it can give them a little bit of flexibility there. Um I don't I don't know that <clears throat> you know there's necessarily been anything other than just guys ahead of him that's been holding Damian sure. Daniels back. I think he'll get his first real opportunity this year and if he can go more than <clears throat> five plays in a row, then Nebraska will be better for it.
1: Derek Peterson's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Dr. Petey, what's uh, what's your reaction to the Big Ten's letter to the athletic directors, uh, specifically uh, when it comes to the, the fact that uh, there's still some wait and see going on here, and it, and it looks like next week before <laughs> uh Next week before any decisions made for uh, from a scheduling standpoint
3: I mean I don't think there's any problem with the big Ten waiting um, you know I, I'm sure it makes some people uncomfortable just not knowing what the future holds but nobody knows what the future holds like the teams that have announced their conference schedules so far you know like the ACC has said we can play we're gonna play ten games and we're gonna have the potential for a plus one like they could three weeks from now announce, yeah, we're only going to play seven games because we just don't feel like we can <clears throat> get a full 10. And I don't think there's any issue with the Big Ten just waiting to make sure it has all its ducks in a row, to make sure it has, you know, <clears throat> has every kind of avenue covered. Because one thing that happens with with making announcements and, and setting um, schedules, setting plans in this environment is you think you have – you know, worked through every possible scenario and then you reach a conclusion and then you announce and then all of a sudden you think of, you know, five different branch effects of of what you agreed to. And you didn't, you know, you didn't consider them before and you have to go back to the drawing board a little bit. Um, So I don't think there's any issue with the Big Ten waiting. I think they're just making sure that they have all the information and they're working you know, with a full deck of cards before they <clears throat> you know, before they make their announcement.
2: Derek Peterson with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Derek, we only got about two and a half minutes left, but I want to switch gears to NBA because the NBA restarted last night. We got the first regular season games uh, playing last night as the Lakers took down the Clippers in that primetime matchup. Uh, your Thunder play on Saturday. Uh, it'll be tomorrow, I guess. But <laughs> what do you think about this NBA restart? Does it feel... Weird, or or do you just enjoy having basketball back?
3: It might feel weird uh, tomorrow when the Thunder are playing and they're not in Chesapeake. Um, But, like, last night just watching the Lakers and the Clippers, we got, you know, we didn't get elite-level shot-making, but we got really high-level basketball down the stretch, which was just super fun. And and after four months of not having basketball at all and not being able to watch it, to get... LeBron guarding and putting the clamps on Kawhi in the last minute and then doing the same thing to Paul George in the final seconds of the game. Um, it was just, it was nice. I think it was, it was needed, um, you know, with everything going on right now to get to, and, and really the, the Pelican game, the Pelicans-Jazz game before that was, was a nail-biter down to the wire as well. And it was really, um, it was entertaining basketball. And so to get both games like that, on the first night of, a, of um, I guess they're calling it reopening night. I, you know, I thought that that was, um, that was very necessary for us, very needed for us. It was a nice, feel-good pick-me-up moment. So, no, it didn't feel weird. I'm um, just glad everything was back.
1: Derek Peterson's with us. Dr. Petey, what do you got coming up this weekend and uh, Monday? I always love reading your, your Monday column on com.
3: Um, haven't decided on the column yet. But we've got another um, kind of look at what the day in a life of a Nebraska coach was like during the pandemic. Okay. Um, I obviously did that piece last weekend with Will Bolt, kind of talking about what his quarantine was like. Um, this weekend is going to be looking at uh, Amy Williams, head coach of the, the women's basketball oh. team, and kind of what what her summer was like.
1: Well, keep the uh, the Step brothers' quotes coming too with uh, with Heinrich. <laughs> All right. Derek great. Peterson, awesome stuff with com and magazine. Thunder fan. And uh, catch him at Dr. PDHV. Derek, have a great weekend and stay safe and healthy, bud. Thanks for a few minutes.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Appreciate you.
1: All right, man. Appreciate you. There he is, Dr. Petey. Derek Peterson, some thoughts there. And good insight on uh, Ty Robinson, his impact and what role he can provide. Uh, we'll get into some Major League Baseball news Uh I'm going to just call it what it is, a a threat from the commissioner to the Players Association. More on MLB coming up.
0: Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio.
1: Thanks for hanging out. hail Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Patio Show Friday as uh, we're in the back. Junior has now switched his weapon from shovel to clay claw hammer. He's trying to dig a foot down. Elijah, do you want a picture of this? I mean, I'd love one, honestly. There's nothing
2: funnier than a, a kid doing yard work whenever they don't want to.
1: Yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna see what we can do here.
2: But interesting. So we went from the like the, a full body tool in the shovel into just like the hand tool with the little clay scoop
1: thing. Pick your hammer up. Uh, I just got told I'm number one by my kid. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's that. So we'll get into uh, some major league baseball. Man, Rob Manfred is threatening. A, a shutdown. We'll also get some thoughts on the Cleveland.com poll. It's the official, unofficial Big Ten uh, preseason input on, on where teams are supposed to finish based on members of the media and the Big Ten that are, that are polled. You can join us today at 466 377 6800 825 5865. And uh, we'll go to the Big Ten uh, poll here. And so, Elijah, we, we, uh, we talked with our friends from Pick 6 Previews uh, yesterday. We had our buddy Phil Steele on a couple, three weeks ago, and he has Nebraska around that, that fourth-place spot just edging out Northwestern. Nebraska also in fourth uh, when it comes to the Pick 6 Previews. That's data and, and algorithms. I look at the cleveland.com preseason poll and Wisconsin's the favorite, and Nebraska is fourth. they're They're right around where Indiana is picked. and uh, Indiana's one of those eight and four football teams last year. We'll see where Indiana kind of strides to. they're They're still slated behind Michigan. You have Penn State, just a shade behind Ohio State. Ohio State's picked to win the whole bleepin' thing. That's not new. I think folks got burned on Wisconsin two years in a row. Folks were were burned that Wisconsin didn't fall off. There was some question there, uh, and then folks were burned when they went all in on Wisconsin. And Wisconsin had kind of a, a step back year after a an 11 or, or 11 and two or or 12 and one season. I forget which one it was, but Wisconsin was. Fantastic. They had a little bit more difficult schedule uh, two years ago. Listen, man, Wisconsin just reloads their defense. They've got a good offensive line. They may have a playmaker versus caretaker at quarterback this year, and that could be the difference. I think Iowa's schedule will hurt them, and I think Minnesota is going to be really good. Despite rebuilding defensively, their schedule is much more difficult as well. So I think there's a shot for Nebraska, assuming we play ball, to beat Iowa. I know that's on the road. I think there's a shot for Nebraska to beat Minnesota. That's in Lincoln. I don't think those two teams are just way more uber-talented than Nebraska. Going to Wisconsin and winning is still it's as much mental and physical as it is that talent you bring with you. So best-case scenario – Elijah Nebraska is going to finish second in the Big Ten West. Worst case scenario, they finish fifth behind a Northwestern or a Purdue uh, or maybe even down at six. I don't think they fall to six. I don't think they finish second. I think they could be in a dogfight for third, but I'm not going to go anything uh, above three, and I won't drop them below four. I think they finish third or fourth, and I think a lot of this uh, young talent, they'll grow up quick, And with all the size and weight that's being moved, Nebraska is not going to get pushed around as badly or as often as they have the last couple of years in the Big Ten. I think Nebraska will have a fighting chance in every ball game aside from one if we get that far. Again, we're going to have to preface everything if, 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 if. But I think Nebraska will will be able to to, to show better. They may not win, but it isn't going to be sloppy execution it's just going to be a little bit of inexperience that may hamper them, but from a mentality and a physicality standpoint, I think is more prepared now than they have been in quite a while to play Big Ten football, and I think it'll pay off. I think it'll absolutely pay off, and it could be a payoff in the form of a win against Iowa and a win against Minnesota. I don't think they touch Ohio State. I don't think they can beat Wisconsin, and if they get Penn State, that's a coin flip. If Michigan State's on the schedule or Michigan's on the schedule or Indiana's added on the schedule Uh, I don't know that Nebraska can beat Michigan I don't think uh, Nebraska's in any danger of being outclassed by a Michigan state and I think Nebraska and Indiana are pretty even right now I mean that's where I go with this best case third worst case I'd say they're they're right there maybe a tie for fourth where are you at with Nebraska
2: well it's so hard to predict this season because even with home and away, you're not sure how good is your home field advantage going to be and how tough it's going to be to go be on the road, but without fans. Uh, and then you also throw in the aspect of maybe they're going to be busing the games. Uh, some maybe they fly, maybe they bus to all of them. We don't really know yet. So there's so many question marks in the air that makes things difficult for me because is a road trip to Wisconsin more difficult than a road trip to Iowa? I don't know. It's, it's tough with fans. I guess we have uh, Wisconsin at home this year. Or, no, on the road. We have Wisconsin on the road. Excuse me. Yeah, your home
1: uh, game is, is Penn State and Minnesota.
2: Yeah, uh, probably. We, we're not still 100% sure what the schedule is even going to be. So it's so hard for me to put that number on it. But I don't think Nebraska is better than Wisconsin. Uh, I was a wild card just because when you lose a starting quarterback, you never know how good an offense is going to be. Uh, so I think I was the team Nebraska wants to finish on top of this year with Minnesota. Um, They're returning their quarterback. His name slipping my mind, uh, Morgan. Yeah, Captain Morgan. Tanner Morgan. So that's another scary thing. So I think it's more going to be Nebraska fighting Iowa for that spot with number three. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Northwestern, you never know what they're going to do with Pat Fitzgerald. They're always playing Nebraska tough. Uh, so oh, I, I wouldn't oh. be surprised to see Nebraska in fifth. It'd disappoint me. Um, but I think it's going to be Nebraska-Iowa 3-4. Not sure what the order is going to be. That's what I think.
1: Well, and Northwestern could sneak up because they got the kid that was at Indiana now at it... At quarterback for him and, 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 and I'll say this Northwestern may have the best defense in the Big Ten West. I mean aside from what was, Wisconsin's kind of bringing everybody back so that's a high statement but it'll be Wisconsin or Northwestern for the best defense in the West based on what's returning from Northwestern and based on what's kind of reloaded with Wisconsin plus their linebacking cores back most of them so, no, Northwestern, if they get any offense, as good as their defense was last year, I know they sucked and their record was horrible, but Northwestern will probably have that, that typical bounce-back year. Now, if Nebraska's humming offensively, I think Nebraska can just flat-out outscore some teams. I think Nebraska, if, if things get rolling, their offense will be problematic for Iowa. Their offense will be problematic for Northwestern. Nebraska's scored pretty good points against Wisconsin. Nebraska's just not gotten the football a lot because Wisconsin's running for 330 yards every time they play on average. So I think Nebraska's offense will have a lot to say with uh, with just how much cushion there is for the defense. And how quick can that defense grow up? We'll wind down hour one. Bill Dolman's coming up. Parker Gabriel's on the way. Some Major League Baseball thoughts as well. Hail Varsity continues. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
0: And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio.
1: Final time this hour, Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Bill Dolman's coming up. Parker Gabriel going to join us. Elijah Herbal back in studio. It's a Patio Friday. The uh, road show for Hale Varsity, Casa de Schmidt. Great to be with you. Hope you're enjoying the incredible uh, temperatures wherever you are in the state of Nebraska. Uh, I want to remind you about your friends at West Blue Realty. West Blue Realty can help you find that home. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. They'll make the next move a smooth one for you limited time. You mentioned Hale Varsity and you can get up to a thousand dollars on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby can take a phone call from you. Tom can help you find that home at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider is outstanding as well. Give Kelly a shout at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue, westbluerealty.com. They're located at 1120 K Street Suite 200. So, uh, we will get into some Major League Baseball thoughts from Rob Manfred in exchange with him and Tony Clark. Uh, Antonio Brown has been told to go to timeout for a number of eight games, and Nebraska has picked fourth in the Cleveland.com Big Ten preseason poll. Let's go three bears, uh, too high, too low, or just right on that. I say Nebraska at best can finish uh, sniffing second, I think at worst, they're sixth. I think you're going to see a spectrum in between that second and sixth spot. Give me Nebraska tied for third, uh, which means they'll need to take down a Minnesota and an Iowa. Uh, we'll see if Nebraska can do that. Uh, reason for excitement with uh, Nebraska, based on some of Coach Tuioti's comments on the defensive line, and uh, we will get thoughts on Bill Dolman The response from the Big Ten, uh, their response is to keep waiting. Meanwhile, the Pac-12 has released their schedule, as has the ACC. Uh, Where is the Big Ten? The Big Ten is like, look, man, we're being cautious. We're being careful. Uh, This is frustrating for everybody. Bill Moose, uh, just be patient. we got to get protocols in order. So, Elijah, how much NBA did you watch last night, or were you too busy icing your shoulder?
2: Uh, I watched the full Lakers-Clippers game, and I caught bits and pieces of the uh, the Jazz Pelicans game, but they, let's be honest, the Clippers-Lakers game was the one everyone wanted to see, and uh, I was, it's still a little bit weird in that, the building that they're in uh, down in Disney World, it just kind of feels like a high school gym or like NBA Summer League or something, its it's weird to see sure. NBA players, but then you get to the end of that Lakers-Clippers game, that just feels like the end of any exciting NBA game I've ever seen. With LeBron James going down and getting his own rebound, and putting it up, and then the, the awesome defense by LeBron in that final possession, nothing about that felt weird. I felt like I was just watching an NBA game. The, the fake crowd noise helps a little bit. Um, the players don't get to hear it, but we get to hear it, and I think that it makes it feel more normal, and I can handle it. Um, I guess we'll see how different the playoffs look because that's really when home uh, court advantage really matters. So we'll see how different that is. But as of right now, I'm, I was pretty impressed with the product on the court last night.
1: Well, I'm excited to watch a little NBA tonight, a little Major League Baseball. We are going to wind down our number one right now. It's Hale Varsity, and we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Coming up, Bill Dolman and, yes, Parker Gabriel. Interested to get his take on the Nebraska D-line. And the uh, Pride of Fairbury is waiting in the wings. Bill Dolman coming up. at Hale Varsity at its uh, Roadshow Friday back uh, on the patio for another gorgeous uh, Friday. Back with you, Tower 2. at Tale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I'm going straw boss here and then telling Junior how to dig his hole. We have success. We have crossed the goal line with the, uh, the backyard project. Junior now has the base of the bubbler fountain uh, secured in the hole, which means me or my dogs will not be drug in there at midnight by my wife this evening. That's already occupied. We'll talk some Nebraska football here. We'll get into Rob Manfred and his edict to the Major League Baseball Players Association. Coming up, we welcome in the pride of Fairbury and NBC Sports. It is Bill Dolman with us at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, how's it going, man? Good to talk to you.
4: Well, one day just goes into the next anymore, and I was just telling Elijah when he said everybody's getting ready for the weekend. I go, well, it's pretty much every day for me. It's just that every day feels like the
1: weekend until
4: things get going
1: again. Uh, you're right on, and uh, there's so much to get into. Do you read anything into Commissioner Warren's statement to the athletic directors not long after... Bill Moose's sit down with the journal star and there was frustration voiced by Moose that, listen, there's no schedule here. What's going on? And uh, it was quite a response by the Big Ten commissioner and co-signed by the, uh, the, you know, infectious disease guru for UNMC. Bill, you've worked in administration a lot at the uh, at, at, at Nebraska. Do you read into it at all? Uh, not long after the comments or was this was this letter coming anyway?
4: Well, I, I, I'm sure that that every I, I'm sure that they have you know a number of contingencies and files that are ready to be unleashed um, at any moment. This this is for Commissioner Warren. This is quite the the test and indoctrination into one of the most powerful positions in all of sports. There's no question about it. Uh, I'm sure you have some athletic directors, and I'm not accusing Bill Moose of this, of you know trying to stake their position flex their muscle, you know, who's the big dog in the conference. You certainly have Gene Smith at at Ohio State in in the Big Ten, uh, Michigan, Penn State. But, you know, Nebraska's Nebraska, and and Bill Moose has been around. He certainly knows how to play the games and and how to spin the tail and to position his institution best for whatever the plan might be. The thing I don't understand is – it, it, it's been like two plus, almost three weeks, I think, since the decision was made to go to an all-conference schedule. And then you've got another couple of conferences bleeding out, trying to make a decision, and yeah, they're going to go with an all-conference schedule. And then another week goes by, and another conference. Why, why couldn't, I mean, these conferences all have gotten together and just said, look, this is what we're planning on doing and I, I think maybe that there needs to be more of a unified front with the power of five conferences than just the power one and two, which to me is the Big Ten and the SEC, and then you have everybody else. Certainly the ACC made a, uh, quite a statement by you know, reeling in Notre Dame for a conference-only play, but I'm just surprised at how these conferences have been slow-walking what their plans are going to be, um, even though there's uncertainty. But why couldn't they have said, this is what we're going to do? Here's a schedule. This is what it's going to be. Now let's prepare accordingly. Uh, so I think you have a lot of posturing, a lot of reaction, and only a few people that are, that are you know, push, forcing the action. And I think maybe Bill Moose is, is one of those, and, and that's, that's to his credit and to Nebraska's tra- credit, trying to be somebody, some institution that's at least trying to move the ball forward, so to speak, in an, in, uh, in an uncertain era. At, at least, you know, we have an idea that Nebraska wants to play. We know Nebraska's situation with the pandemic as a state, right? There's only been like two two passings in the past week or so, uh, I think in Lincoln, which, you know, any death is, is tragic, but Nebraska seems to have it under control, and Bill Moose understands, you know, where Nebraska is and where Nebraska needs to be, and is putting out there what Nebraska's you know, thoughts are. So I commend them for that. But I just think that there's been way too much slow walking, you know, when there doesn't really need to be.
1: Bill Dolman's joining us. uh, Hail Varsity Radio at Bill Dolman on Twitter, NBC Sports. Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury. And you do have some schools. I mean, I I would think Harbaugh's in this camp, Coach Frost in this camp. And I don't know this for sure, but these guys want shoulder pads on and helmets on. And if September 5th is a reality, things got to get moving and, and moving quick. Bill, do you think the uh, the Big Ten will, will end up being like the Pac-12 and the SEC starting the end of September if they do start at all?
4: You know, I could see that happening, um, which is why I wish they'd had a schedule come out when they indicated that they were going to go, you know, conference games only. And here's your slate. And that way, if you need to move it back, at least you say we're moving it back. You know, a place like Nebraska is going to be pretty accommodating to whatever schedule they put forth, as long as they could get, you know, I think a minimum of five games. What, Nebraska's down to four home games now? I think Nebraska has to get five for the good of the, you know, the entire state and certainly the city of Lincoln uh, financially. The, the state economics is going to play a huge role here. But if you, if you get something out and you say, look, I'm sorry to all your non-conference opponents, but we're going conference only, and this is what we've come up with. This is the schedule we're going to give you a week to look at it and work it out. And if we need to move it back, then plan accordingly. But now it's like we don't have a schedule yet, and we're closing in on August. And if they make a decision that they're going to move the schedule back, you know what's that schedule going to be? I just think you need to have those, you know, something a little more concrete. That can be flexible, uh, I know concrete and flexible may not exactly go in the same term, but you understand what i 'm saying get well, let 's mm-hmm. have a plan and then be able to be flexible from there. you know if, if you can 't go directly from A to B, figure out how you 're going to go from A to C, but at least you 've got a in place and that's that 's why I think we 've missed the boat the last you know, few weeks, and some of these decisions have been
1: made Bill, I want to get some thoughts uh, with Nebraska as you look at and prognosticate a, a finish we're waiting on a schedule it could be a completely revamped schedule uh with priority likely on the division games you know who the six division opponents are going to be right or you I mean that that's that's there that's set in stone if if it happens they'll they'll be moved up likely and you know who the crossovers are supposed to be, and that's Ohio State, that's Penn State, that's Rutgers. Talk to me a little bit here with Nebraska in regard to, to projected finish. What's what's best case for Frost and Company? And I've really thought hard about this, and whatever Nebraska's record is going to be, I look at this year, no spring ball, and it was, it was a year of development. You've got some young guys that... Haven't seen a lot of snaps. You've got some experienced guys that have been more part-time. So this year was going to be a developmental year for me with Nebraska. That means, look, they over-deliver if they at 500 or better. And if they're below 500, I'm not going to crush anybody. uh, Just because, A, this year's screwy anyway, and, B, this will be a year to get experience for the young and the old that have been part-time. Where do you think Nebraska can finish? And how do you look at 2020? I think they're going unbeaten. Okay. Bill Dolman, Pride of February, says undefeated, baby. <laughs> yeah, why, why not?
4: You know, at this point, uh, I'm, let's put it out there.
1: I'm moving Nebraska's to Colorado and eating some gummy year. bears, brother. Well done.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. At this point, I have no idea what you can peg it at. I, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm going to say this given the this is such an odd thing to say and i try to avoid the term pandemic but given the pandemic climate and i've kind of said this over and over and over you know it is a relatively speaking it has been a relatively safe place to be compared to the rest of the country i understand that people are affected by it don't get me wrong but those people in nebraska have to look, look around and say, you know what, things are pretty safe here. And maybe those, those student athletes who are on campus haven't exactly had the same kind of burden on them that, say, the guys in Rutgers outside of New Jersey, uh, outside of New York City have had, or those in Los Angeles at UCLA and USC have had. And, and maybe there has been a little more mental relief for those people in Nebraska and that if you are starting to get ready to play football this year, that hasn't exactly been the heaviest thing on your mind, as it is for some of the athletes in other parts of the country. And maybe that enables you to prepare a little bit more uh, focused for the season ahead, which may allow you to have a better season than other teams who have had that emotional toll that's weighing on them, like you know Michigan State. With all that they've got going on and I've had going on for a few weeks and Rutgers right now. Not that they were gonna have a good year anyway or ever, but you know, Nebraska, South Dakota, some of these places, you feel pretty good about where you are. I spent December, January, February, and most of March around New York City at a time when things are pretty heightened. And I'm out here in Colorado where, you know, things have fluctuated a little bit, but I feel a little bit better about being here than if I was in New York, right? So, those student athletes who have spent the last several weeks and couple of months in Lincoln, you know, maybe they don't have that emotional burden that other places are carrying. And therefore, if we do have a season, they can be a little bit more focused on it and have, you know, more success.
2: Bill Dolman's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Bill, assuming we do have a season, uh, there's a lot of different options that Nebraska could go for their schedule this year. We're not quite sure uh, what the Big Twin is going to assign Nebraska. But. If you could pick, which matchup would you want to see week one? Week one's the most likely week that we're going to see. So of all the teams in the Big Ten, who would you like to see in that week one matchup?
4: Uh, well, I guess Purdue because wasn't that what it was supposed to be to begin with? So that would give us some sense of normalcy <laughs> that, yeah. you know, uh, that's where we were headed and that's where we're going and that's how we'll be 1-0. Um, but I, 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 to me, it really doesn't matter as long as there's a game. I think that that's something that people will celebrate uh, regardless of who the opponent is. Uh, I, I think for Nebraska's sake, you'd certainly want to have somebody that you're probably a little more comparable to in terms of talent level and expectations. So that might be safe as opposed to say, hey, you guys are going to start off with a three-game series against Ohio State. That may not be the, in Nebraska's best interest. Although I think they'd win all three, it might be kind of tough.
1: Bill, you are so locked in. With the the crystal ball, my friend. (laughs) I I, I love it. Bill Dolman's with us, Pride of Fairberry, NBC Sports, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. So I've got about 90 seconds here. The, uh, The mullet, Riles, has reached out on Facebook from Average Joe years past. The keg has chimed in on Facebook. I'm doing the show from my patio like that legendary Friday show on the Average Joe sports show with Shimmick showing up and Sip and Nodder of probably 16, 17 years ago, would you be in Bill Dolman? Can my people talk to your people about a reunion show?
4: Well, it's it's not like, I think that's pretty difficult to do. It's not like you see bands, you know, who have retired getting together for, you know, reunion concerts. You'd never see you know, like Motley Crue ever getting together again after they said that they, you know, that they were never going to get together. And, of course, Van now they Halen have an entire, it. you know, uh, you know you, Van Halen's never getting back together with David Lee Roth. That's just never going to happen. Uh, the Monkees are never going to get back together. Um, now they are. Uh, the, the, Eagle, the Eagles, you know, you're not going to see it when Hell Freezes over tour. I mean, you just don't see that, um, you know, no matter how much money you throw at people, uh, I, I think it'd be you know really really difficult well i think if the money was right you could probably get the beatles back together so why not the average joes
1: so that's a yes or a maybe from you or what do or i got
4: you... i haven't got nothing to do i, I mean i my my next uh, scheduled gig is like around next so you know uh, <laughs> yeah the...
1: so if we do i could probably get keg to come over I don't know if I'm going to ask you to make the trip from Colorado empty-handed, but I'll ask you. Uh, and, and we could Skype in Riley. I mean, we could put a, an average Joe sports show, reunion show together.
4: Well, you got to get Tony George. Uh, oh, Tony in uh, Vegas, yeah. You know, you know, Tony George would be, uh, would be ideal. Uh, Jim Rosales. Uh, Gary Novotny. I mean, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's get all the little average Joeys back together. You know, those kids are probably what 11 now. Is is there enough L- Jim Beam L- L- in L- the L- world L- to get Richie, Tony George Richie, back in? Little Richie clausen has got to be you know 11 or 12 now, right? Sure. So yeah, why not? Let's get the whole the whole band back
1: together. Would Shimmick still wear his Ohio t shirt? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've always said if there's anybody who you know has
4: made had a hell of a career but could have been even better if he done something else, it's Ken Shimmick. Great weather guy, the the ultimate weather guy, the ultimate TV personality,
1: the Regis of Lincoln, but uh, he'd have been a hell of a sportscaster. He's the he he's, he was worried about Adrian Peterson, and he should have been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bill Dolman, Billy D, have a great weekend, and thanks for a few minutes today. All right, go big, Red. There he is. Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. We will work on that uh, Average Joe Sports Show reunion show. We'll need to knock that out. Parker Gabriel going to be with us. Lincoln Journal stars. Some more football thoughts. We'll get into some baseball, some NBA, NFL news. Hale Varsity continues. And
0: now. And
1: now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are doing the second uh, patio show today on a Friday. Junior has got the uh, claw hammer out. There is some concrete in the hole he has dug. You can hear him whacking away. If he throws the hammer, I'm going to have to dodge it or catch it. And uh, let's talk some more football. We welcome in Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star at Husker Extra PG. On Twitter's where you find him. Parker, how's your Friday, man? Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, it's going well. How's yours? Sounds good, pretty man. good. I'm outdoors. I'm yeah, outdoors. Right, so... Yeah, it's about as good a weather as we've had here for a while now. I mean, it's like I'm up on a lake in Wisconsin. That's how nice it is out here.
5: <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> so, lot lot to get to here. Um, where, where are you at here? Are, is there... On this panic scale, have you moved off of neutral with the, the letter from the Big Ten to the athletic directors? Or are you kind of just holding tight like everybody else, more, more than hopeful, not quite certain, but you feel good about a season still? Or did, did that letter from uh, Commissioner Warren change things for you?
5: Yeah, um, you know, I think for the most part, just kind of holding steady, We're going to see what happens. Um, I don't know how many straight weeks we've said that the next week or two will tell a lot, but um, given the, the specific timelines that um, Kevin Warren and and Dr. Chris Crowdville laid out in that letter to the athletic directors, that you know, there's going to be some action uh, next week in terms of you know. Are you gonna get cleared for preseason camp? Maybe there'll be a, a some sort of schedule announcement, and so um, you know, I I think at this point, um, you know, it certainly seems the conferences, not just the Big Ten, but the other other uh, Power Five conferences, are certainly acting like uh, they're gonna they're gonna really give it a shot, um, and you know, whether uh, whether we we make it all the way to you know, September 5th or September 12th or September 26th or whatever uh, and, and then are actually watching a full slate of games, I think, you know, I, I don't think we'll probably know the answer to those questions until um, those dates specifically, but certainly, you know, um, the Big Ten is has there's a lot of decisions to be made and, and they've um, taken their time relatively speaking, given the, the calendar making them, um, but Seems like they're going to
1: at least give it a shot. Parker Gabriel's with us. Hail Varsity Radio, Parker. Uh, with Nebraska, is, is there a lean uh, with who you think their their tenth team could be? And where are you at? Do you think it's let's reshuffle the schedule completely, or keep what's on the books and then add add a tenth? And who would that tenth be? Where do you think they go next week? If and when we get a schedule announcement.
5: Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know which way they're going to go. But if I had to guess, I would think that maybe they're going to rearrange the whole thing. Um, You know, Nebraska was one of the few teams uh, in the league that was set to open its schedule with a division opponent anyways. Um, And so, you know, it's possible that they still open with uh, Purdue um, and and maybe that game will still be in Lincoln. But um, I I tend to think – if you're, you know, with this sort of, you know, reset, and given that everyone's uh, weeks look a little bit different in terms of, you know, Nebraska was going to play a conference game on September 5th and then have three straight weeks of, of, uh, you know, uh, non-conference games and then get back into league play. Like, if you look at what the Pac-12 announced today, everybody plays for... You know, there's the, the five weeks, there's a midseason, uh, bye week, and then, you know, it goes on from there. And so I would just sort of think my guess is that they'll, they'll redo the whole thing uh, and maybe with an emphasis on division games up front. Um, but, that, again, at this point, that's just a guess.
1: So you, you Nebraska was set up because you got a division game, it's up front, and you could keep what you've got on paper now, Parker, and just move it up, right, and space it out. And I, I think the, the wild card is the, the East teams coming uh, all the way across the country, i.e. Penn State or if Nebraska's ever really going to travel to, to Rutgers. And right. from that, that extra opponent, who would you lobby for if you're Nebraska? Do you want a shot at Michigan? Do you want Indiana? I mean, what – and how do you pick? Is it just you draw it out of a hat or is it just a mileage thing?
5: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think – I don't remember exactly. I think Michigan is scheduled to come to Lincoln um, in, like, next year. Uh, Uh And so if you got Michigan, um, that would also mean that as part of the – playing four crossover teams that Nebraska was going to, you know, if you kept the three and then just added one, of course, um, that would mean playing Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, um, along with Rutgers. And so I don't know. I mean, the the divisions are geographical enough that if you're going to play four East teams, everyone's going to have a long trip at some point. I don't know. You know, I've heard some talk about, well, division games, maybe you can bust. I don't see, I don't, I'm obviously not a doctor, but I don't understand why several hours on a bus would be better than a quick flight. Um, You know, you'd have smaller groups on buses. Uh, You could take a fleet of buses, but it just doesn't – I don't know if that – I don't know where that falls in the medical recommendations. Maybe we'll find that out next week. So, um, To me, I think the most likely is that they start over and they try to match for – Uh, games that make sense in terms of timing and schedule wise and travel and all that on the crossover games. But um, if you had to pick, you know, uh, one in addition to the three that are on paper now, um, you know, to me, uh, Indiana came to Memorial Stadium last year. um, And so maybe a redux with Maryland. um, But Other than that, I I don't... uh, Or or perhaps Michigan State, I guess those would be maybe the two most likely.
2: Parker Gabriel's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And Parker, right now, all... or not all indications, but it it would seem that the plan is still to start the season on September 5th despite all the conferences kind of going away from that. We haven't heard differently yet from the Big Ten. Do you think it's still possible for the Big Ten season to start September 5th?
5: I think it's possible. um, And... You know, we were told earlier in the week, um, just obviously like a lot of people asking around, that moving back was probably more likely than moving up, you know, in in terms of the week zero option. I still think there's a chance. I know, you know, there's been some national outlets that have reported that, you know, the plan is for um, September 5th still, and that that may very well end up being the case. But all I know is that, um, you know, there's still a lot to figure out with the Big Ten schedule. I don't think anything's been... Uh, you know, finalized, that might be that, you know, September 5th might be um, the most likely option. And maybe it's by a long shot, just because, you know, the the television plan has to factor prominently in all of this, you know, what Fox is, um, you know, planning and, and assuredly, a lot of those conversations have already happened. So, um, but, you know, then again, if if in a couple days or early next week or whatever, if the league doesn't give teams clearance to start camp on August 7th, that's going to be a pretty clear indication that, that, you know, September 5th, it would seem that that would be a clear indication that September 5th isn't in the cards because that's obviously, you know, the date that you would be working towards. Um, You know, on a normal schedule, 29 days of camp, you would start August 7th, which is a week from today. Um, to kick off
1: September fifth, Parker Gabriel's with us. Few minutes hail R-City radio at uh, Husker Extra PG on Twitter where you follow him. And Parker's been doing a great job with coverage, uh, keeping you up to date on Nebraska. So Ty Robinson's a name that's been mentioned a lot. Got a little bit of time on the field. Kept his red shirt. Uh, Coach T mentioned him last night on the network, and you know what? Uh, there, there's expectations with him. Uh, Coach Tuioti likes his demeanor. Parker, what's what's a, a fair expectation for a guy like Ty Robinson, who, who's just coming off a redshirt year? You got some other guys that that are now sophomores, redshirt sophomores, and Wilderman uh, that you know what Nebraska can lean on. Uh, that, that they've not had a, a lot of time, but but Wilderman and Rogers have been around long enough. What can you get out of these guys that, that may get starter snaps or rotations in early in a ball game or that are just flat-out backups? Start with, with Robinson, if you don't mind. What What's a good outlook here for a redshirt freshman season for him?
5: Yeah, that's a good question. I think that's one of the big questions I've, I've said uh, you know for the past couple of months that I think in a way – you know, there's so many guys. There's 13 scholarship linemen, and and Tony Tuioti mentioned a couple of walk-on guys too. There's a lot of options up there up front, um, and there's some guys that are going to play different spots depending on the situation of the game. Um, you know, down and distance game plan, offense type you're going against, all that sort of stuff. So, I think you know, I don't. I think Ty Robinson though is really sort of the the, the thing I've been saying is I think Ty Robinson really might be. You know, If there's a linchpin player in that group, I think he's sort of the pivot because if he's an every-down player, a starter who, who you don't have to take off the field very often, um, that is the, everything else, you just have so much depth and, 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 and then things fall into place a lot easier if you sort of start with Stillian and Robinson uh, on the ends, and you have options in Jordan Riley, um, Damian Daniels, Keem Green that can all play in the middle, um, you know, I think that would that makes a big difference depth-wise if Ty Robinson is that sort of every-down player. Um, that's a lot to expect of a redshirt freshman up front, but uh, Tony Tuioti put pretty high expectations on him last last night on the radio and said um, that they think he can play an awful lot of snaps this year. And so if that's, if, if that's the way it plays out, um, obviously, you know, that would be important for Nebraska um, this year, and that would... Speak very highly of ty robinson's potential you know going forward as his career progresses
1: parker i got less than a minute is, is it a talent issue or will it be an experience thing Do you think nebraska's got some ballers on that defensive line ready to step up
5: yeah i think they've got a lot of talent that they that they like up there you know tony Tuioti last night portrayed it more of, more as an experience issue than a talent yeah. issue uh, obviously you never really know until you throw guys in the fire but um you know, some of these guys won't be around forever. There's a big group of juniors uh, in that position group. But I think that um, I think that there's a lot of players to like um, the potential of in that room that have more than one year of eligibility left. Uh, some of them have a lot more than one year. And then it's just a matter of uh, how quickly that, you know, potential turns into production.
1: Parker, have a great weekend. Thanks for jumping on with us, bud. Yep, same guess. All right. Parker Gabriel with us. We'll get into some MLB coming up. Rob Manfred sounding off.
0: And now. And now, back to Hale
1: Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, Hale Varsity Radio. It's a patio Friday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Good stuff on the defensive line and uh, the waiting game for Nebraska schedule-wise. With Parker Gabriel and Bill Dolman, Derek Peterson. Awesome stuff from Dr. Petey from Hale Varsity a little bit earlier in our one. 466 76 466 800 800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. Weekend edition uh, gets rolling tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Myself, Mark Krainak, and uh, we are excited to uh, to be back at that. Full weekend of youth baseball. The uh, Lincoln A's are off to Omaha, so a uh, full uh, full slate of baseball for me. Uh, Elijah Herbal, our fearless co-host and producer, is playing hurt today, jacking his shoulder, wrestling with, uh, I'm, I'm going to just say it, somebody half your size, Elijah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't matter, uh, how big the gun is. Apparently, uh, you mess with somebody who's further along in jujitsu. It could turn painful. Have you been icing that thing or have you been using your ice for your mixed drinks?
2: Uh, I mean, a lot of ibuprofen, Tylenol, uh, some ice. It hasn't swelled up too bad. I mean, it's, it definitely has swelled up, but not as bad as some other injuries i have had. So I'm feeling pretty fine, but I think it has ended my umpiring uh, season.
1: Well, can't you just use your other arm?
2: Uh, I think you could technically, but it, it's—I don't think it's proper though. There's sure like it is, there's man. like there's like proper umpire technique, and I, I think it's supposed to be the right arm on your outcall and stuff. I don't know. I mean,
1: dude, just adapt and <laughs> adapt. Improvise. You, there'll be no parents that'll dare go in on you if you show up in an arm brace. Even parents will back off of you for that. Even if you just absolutely butcher a call at home or at third or your strike zone's so far outside that the kid actually draws a line beyond the outside corner. I think it would just look kind
2: of stupid if the umpire shows up in an arm brace, you know? Like I don't want to get made fun of. Like some 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 parents can be Brother, sitting in out the outfield. As long going, as you
1: have that mustache, everything's on the table.
2: Dang! I was trying to learn jujitsu so I could put you in something. look at that! Look what it did to me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a sign the mustache has got to go. Maybe, that's, the what must- it, maybe no, that's what. Maybe that's the shoulder you're, injury. You're means. all in
1: with the stash, dude. I mean, it's it's you need to keep it. Uh, I've gone too long now. Okay, that's that's fine. So let's talk Major League Baseball here, and. Uh, You've got a source to ESPN, Jeff Passan. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manford has told the MLB Players Association Executive Director Tony Clark today that if the sport doesn't do a better job of managing the coronavirus, it could shut down for the season. That's a threat and a promise. You have 21 Marlins members Testing positive to St. Louis Cardinals. Players have tested positive today. So they are, uh, there's no baseball this weekend for the cards. Uh, You have exacerbated concerns inside the sport about the presence of the COVID and whether the jointly agreed upon protocols are being followed properly to prevent outbreaks similar to Miami. Listen, man, if you're not going to make pro athletes stay in a bubble NBA style, all bets are off. And they're cranking out 60 games in 66 days. They are going to go out. They are going to go to clubs. They are going to to enjoy the fruits of being a pro athlete and pro ball player. They are not going to mask up. And they are going to catch COVID based on no social distancing, no masking. And who the hell knows who they're hanging out with? I mean, baseball players have a heck of a good time. Always. That's why you become a baseball player, right? So you can go Ricky Vaughn and ask for the check with Roger Dorn's wife. You needed to put a bubble in, first and foremost. MLB's a joke, right now with their uh, protocols and for the, co- and for the commissioner to come at the players association, Tony Clark, that's on you commissioner. Start fining or start suspending. You're the one who forced down this 60 game schedule. You're the one who allowed the back and forth between players and owners. You're the problem. Flex some muscle, even though people laugh at you and just, make martial law reality. Is it that hard, Elijah?
2: Well, it just feels like he's using this as like leverage against the players. Like, oh, you guys catch COVID, I'll cancel the season. You guys aren't safe, I'll cancel the season. I feel like the players, that's not enough motivation for them. You got to have the suspensions. You got to have the fines. That's what's going to keep the players accountable. They've agreed to the season already. So now you as the commissioner have to be the person who's going to keep this season safe. You have to keep the MLB brand going. The players have agreed to it. Now you got to keep them in line. Well, I mean, you're the commissioner. You don't always have to be the good guy here. N- well, no, you need to be the godfather, quite frankly. Yeah, and people are mad at Manfred because he wasn't the bad guy in the whole Astros situation. And I mean, sorry, but you got to be the bad guy. People don't like Goodell, but he's a pretty good commissioner, honestly.
1: No, he he gets it done. He
2: gets it done. Manfred hasn't been the And if you're the NFL
1: done. dude, you are watching this and going, yeah, we may have to, to bubble up. Because, you mean, the NBA, they have dealt with it. They, they've had some social media with it, obviously, between the foods and eating alone, and they've adapted. They got to play last night. You got a double bubble tonight, and it's weird. It's different, but they're getting to play, and the NBA put them up in, in college football. You've got Notre Dame and Nebraska and a bunch of schools, Oklahoma, where you've got your guys on campus. It's working out okay. Is it ideal? No. Do you feel like you're, you're doing time or trapped? Probably. But how committed are you? And that's just the college guys that, that are acting more adult. You know, I'm not sure. I mean, have you seen anything here? Is it about guys going out and interacting and being around people from the outside with baseball? I mean, this goes to the umpires too. This goes to the, the players. This goes to the, the, the traveling party you can't interact man you're you're doing a job and it's it's condensed it's only 60 games you got to suck it up and do it or shut it down he can't shut it down once you start you just can't do it
2: well you can but the the public image there is you, you start the season you get 2 weeks in you shut it down
1: yeah he's he's awful he's been a mess the whole time yeah no
2: arguments for me here that's i mean his handling of this whole offseason with the m l b has just been terrible terrible terrible
1: and it's it's driven me away from baseball you're there's a lot of people that I have turned it on because it's been on now we'll have a little n b a option I didn't watch any n b a last night probably should have, but fell asleep. I'll watch a little tonight and and I'm anxious to watch this this movement on the big ten. Do they keep dragging their feet? You know what I think is going to happen with the Big Ten? I think they're going to, in the name of health and safety, I think they're going to pause. I think they're going to let folks collect themselves. And I think they're going to wait till, I have no idea about this. I'm just throwing it out there. I think they're going to do what the SEC and the Pac-12 have done and start later. So, your, your September 5th start time will, will now be September 17th. That's if they get rolling in mid-August. We'll wind down a Friday next. Miss us?
0: Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio.
1: One final time on a Friday, a tail varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery, a patio Friday. Elijah Herbal has been fantastic, anchoring things back at the studio. I'm at uh, Casa de Schmidt. I have a giant ribeye that will go on the grill very, very shortly, and it's almost uh, beer 30 for me. Reminder about drinking and driving. One out of three fatal crashes involves an impaired driver. Driving drunk buzzed or high, never acceptable. Law enforcement officers... Working around the clock to stop sobriety checkpoints and saturation patrols as a driver. Make that correct choice. A non alcoholic drink. Have a pre-selected designated driver. Start that conversation. Who's driving home? Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Earl Buddy Vic has chimed in uh, via email, Chris He's like, uh, we need an, we need a last chance you update. I need to start that. I have not started it yet. And uh, I know you're watching it, Elijah. Are we three seasons into that thing? We're now five. It's five, the, it's my the, fault. The third different so is it eight episodes? Is it ten? How 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 long are they? Give me a rundown.
2: So it's hour-long episodes. I actually don't know. I think it's usually ten episodes a season. I'm through four, and I guess we're just going to figure out when we get to the end. Uh, okay. But this season has been a lot more compelling than the previous two. Uh, if you got into Last Chance U when they were down at EMCC, uh, this right. one's got a, a more of a feel – of that one where it's a very talented team with very talented players on it. And the coach uh, is a good coach. That was my problem when it was down at uh, Indy was that the coach that they were featured with was just not a likable dude all, all that much. There's uh, one guy that was kind coach. of a psycho, right? Was you, he East Mississippi? That was uh, at Independence. The dude that was a psycho. Okay. The dude that told one of his players, like, I'll be your new Hitler or something like that because the kid was German.
1: Like, oh, man. dude, dude had
2: some issues. Uh, but now but, they're the going Prescott's down
1: to – k- recruited. This the Independence Community College in, in Kansas, right? Yeah, and
2: now uh, that coach has since been fired, and former Husker Matt Finnan is the head coach down there, I believe. Finnan? Finnan is the head coach? Yeah, he was, uh, like, I want to say offensive line coach. He wasn't featured in the show uh, whenever the, the camera crew was down Finan's
1: there. Finnan's the—wow. I didn't know that. And then he became offensive coordinator. It?
2: I think now he got promoted to head coach at Indy, so I think that's kind of why the Huskers him. have been dipping down in there. But this new season— he retired, it,
1: didn't he? Uh, from football? From Nebraska.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think he with one season of eligibility left your retire. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but now... He's a high-profile guy.
2: Yeah, but now the, the show's down at Laney Community College in Oakland, which is really interesting because it's a whole bunch of like, inner-city kids that like mm-hmm. can barely pay for housing, let alone community college, let alone their rides to practice and all that. Sure. So it's really, uh, like, really tough down there. Um, but Coach John Beam is the coach, uh, and he's awesome. Just you, one of those guys who cares... He cares about winning football games, but he cares more about the kids. Um, so I... I've really enjoyed it. I think five episodes have flown by. They they run into some issues uh, in the season, especially with health and injuries, and it kind of it, it gives a new take on the season um, okay. as opposed to what you had. And EMCC was always, oh, we got to win a national championship. Indy was, oh, let's get above 500, and now it's like this season is
1: now <laughs> yeah, like let's let's get some food and pay for rent.
2: Yeah, so it it kind of it really dives into the the background lives of these players in community college. And it's really interesting. I enjoy it. Awesome, awesome.
1: Talk to you tomorrow morning, weekend edition, 7 to 9. Myself, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter, at Schmidt underscore radio, at Herbal Essen. Hail Varsity. We'll talk to you next time, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for the weekend. Have a great Friday. Thanks for spending time with Hail Varsity, presented by Nebraska Lottery.